Everlasting Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercies, your grace upon our lives. We thank you for everything you have done for us during the week. You protected us from evil. We would not say they have, they have not been evil around us. We have heard and seen a lot of evils that happened during the week, but you protected us from them all. Your word holds true in our lives that says that a thousand shall fall by our side and ten thousands by our right side but none of them shall come near us no evil shall come near us we bless your name for fulfilling your word in our lives be thou glorified lord in the name of jesus even as we want to start this bible study father we invite your presence here to speak to us oh god you know why we are studying the book of daniel you know why we are studying the end time at this time the, the reason why you have destined us to study the end time, Lord, reveal it to us, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Even as we keep studying, we have that you show us, so God, yourself. Show us the signs as it pertains to the things that are happening in our, in our day, oh God. Do not leave any information from us, oh God. Everything you know that would be beneficial for us to understand, to understand the time, so God, give it unto us in Jesus' name. We are covered in the blood of Jesus. We ask that you continue your work of salvation, even as the end time is drawing near, that you save souls, oh God, the ones that are perishing, the Jews, the Gentiles, the Muslims, oh God, the depressed, the, the sinners, the Pharisees, oh God, alike. We ask that you save their souls, oh God. Let them come to the knowledge of Jesus in, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, your spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding your spirit of counsel, your spirit of might, your spirit of the fear of God, and your Holy Spirit in our midst tonight, O oh God. Receive the glory, O oh God. And we know that you love us very much, even as you told Daniel that you loved him very much, O oh God. We thank you that you love us even very much because you know us, O oh God. Through Jesus, Lord, be thou glorified in Jesus' mighty name of prayer. Amen. I want to welcome you to this Bible study today. And... It's been an exciting week, interesting week um, of working, reading the Bible, praying, having fun, relaxing. So we thank God for the gift of life. As we want to start this Bible study, we know that God is with us and we will take our hymn right now. The hymn says, he leadeth me, he leadeth me by his own arms. He leaded me. Oh, 
As we were singing the hymn, I was just thinking about how God let, led me or, and is still leading me all through my life since when I was um, younger, from elementary school to um, middle school, high school, junior high, and then college, and then my PhD, you know marriage and all the life decisions and they've been traps that the devil has set for me to fall into at each stage like each stage bad friends bad um companions 
look-alike spouses, you know, that look like the real plan of God for my life, but they are clearly not, you know. But God, because I just trusted him to lead me, I prayed even in times of confusion, like times when I do not know, even know what to do. I prayed, begged him not to leave my hand, not to leave me to make stupid decisions. And he helped me when he, when he wanted, when it was time to deliver me from bad friendship, even bad churches, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised that even some churches will lead you astray. God delivered me. From one particular church, I felt like God drew, led me by the ear. <laughs> so God drew my ear out of the church. So, no, no, my hand, he didn't hold my hand out of the church. He drew my ear out of the church. <laughs> that was how I felt like I left the church, like by the ear, <laughs> right? So, many, um, times in my life where I found myself in the wrong place. The, everything I was doing seemed like okay, nice, but honestly, they were not God's plan for my life. And things that even looked like God's plan for my life, from using from hindsight, they call it hindsight. From hindsight, I can see they were clearly never goes wrong for my life. And though I was trying to force it to work, but they were never goes wrong for my life. So at, for your life, I don't know what stage you are in your life, but I want you to trust God. Pray all prayers. That's what I say. When I'm confused, I pray all prayers. When I don't know what to do, I pray all prayers. I pray every time about everything. And Pray and pray and read God's word. God will make it clear to you what to do, right? So let's talk about, the, if we should talk about the physical part of Daniel's life. Daniel was a captive from Israel to Babylon. And he, he would have been worried about what job he would take on as a youth a little bit, I know he's more concerned about his relationship with God, but there will be this, what will I eat? How will I feed fend for myself in this new land? But God led him through the university of the palace. That is crazy. Like going to university in the king's palace, that's the best university in the country. You know, God led Daniel. God favored him. Passing through the king's palace, being living in the palace, Enjoying the infrastructure, the resources, everything in the palace. That's awesome. He didn't have to think of food and water, clothing. He was clothed with the best clothes, you know. God led him. And then when it was time to leave the job, right, God also led him. God gave him wisdom to stay at the king's gate instead of being the head of the sorcerers and, and the, the magicians during Nebuchadnezzar's son's time. So all these things God was leading down there through revelation, through dreams, through reading the books, the books, that's the Old Testament books that were available to Daniel at that time. God was leading him, you know. So when you read God's word and start speaking to your spirit, what you should do about that situation, about that relationship, 
about that career. Yes, it's good to ask people for advice. Even the decision to either take their advice or not depends on God leading you. It's good to see, okay, God could show you dreams. Also, your brain could show you dreams. So the decision to follow the dream or not depends on your relationship with God. So God has to lead you in every every step of the way, at every step of the way. Honestly, during one time of confusion for me, I met somebody, um, a pastor, a female pastor, and I told her my issue. Like, I was confused. And I was like, whoa, because the line was really long to see this pastor. And I was like, if I could just, if I could just get to her front, I would have the answer to this confusion because she, she's still a very great woman of God right now. I was so excited when I just got in front of her. I just poured out all my heart to her and I told her my problems. And I was so disappointed by her answer. She's like, um, it also, it depends on me. I'm like, what? I don't, I'm confused. I say, I can't do this. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do in this situation. And she turned it back to me. I'm like, oh my God, there's no help here. You know? So she, she cannot predict my future. She cannot, she, she did all she could, right? To help me, but it depended on me and God, my relationship with God to know what to do at that time, right? So pastors might advise you, but the truth is that for you to succeed in life and be on the path that God has destined you to be, you need to hold God's hand and you need to follow his leading. Do not step back or digress or move away from his direction. When you move away from his direction, you make wrong decisions. And when you are confused, that is the best part because that is the fuck in the road. So when you're moving without confusion, enjoying your fellowship, reading the Bible, you are walking on the straight expressway. But when you are faced with decisions, then you are at the fuck of the road. Left, right, center, where do you want to go? Guess what? What if it's a, yeah, it's a T-junction? So left, right, center, where do I go? You know, so we have to depend on God to lead us. When you have a situation, pray about it. I prayed about my situation for three years before God helped me to make a decision. So you can't tell me that, oh, that prayer doesn't work. It takes time. It takes time. So keep praying until you get your answer. Keep praying until God gives you the answer to that question that you're asking. Keep praying all prayers, all kinds of prayers, but do not move until God has given you peace of mind and a go ahead to move. And he has given you a sign to move. So I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. I want us to revise um, what we studied last week we learned a lot, starting from the branch, the fact that we we were branches of old wild oak tree or olive tree. 
and God broke us off and planted us into his tree. So, and we also delved into John chapter 15, where it says that abide in me and I in you. That is the branch abides in the trunk on the root of the tree and the part of the tree abides in the branch. If you want to succeed in, in this Christian life, if you want to bear fruit, you have to abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus, the word of God. Abide in the word of God. Read God's word like food. Meditate on it. Understand it. Ask God to explain it to you. Abide in God. That is how to um, be a fruit. Anybody that has been drafted into God and doesn't bear fruit will be cut off. So in your mind, you might be thinking that you are still a Christian, but if you're not bearing fruit and God has cut you off, it takes some time to read it, right? So when you start seeing yourself as slave to sin that you have overcome, you have you had already overcome, right? When you see yourself slip to that scene, you just say, Oh my god, you have been cut off from the from the tree, and now you're withering. That's why you are slave to sin. And guess what? The devil is very quick to grab you and then and graft you back into the wild holy tree. Pray God will help us never to be engrafted back by the devil or grafted back by the devil into the wild olive tree in Jesus' name. Amen. So what does it mean to be a fruit? That's where I would like us to start before we go into the end time study. To be a fruit means, guess what? I was discussing with somebody and he said that many Christians think that bearing fruit means bearing fruit and fruit that would last means evangelizing to other people, converting converting them to Christianity and making them lasting Christianity. That's the biggest lie or weirdest explanation I've ever thought about. So since I didn't mention it in the previous episode, I was like, I need to mention it now. How have you ever seen a branch getting up to engraft another branch into the tree? No, 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 no. Have you ever seen it happen before? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Like, how can you think that you, as a Christian, can go and get another person and convert the person and make sure the person lasts in the tree, the vine? How is that possible? That's not, that's not your job. The person that does it is the husband man, God. That's the job of God. So you, you want to take God's job. So how do you want to do it? Okay, this is how they do it. In the, in what I've seen is that they make, they, they, they evangelize to people, bringing them in with food. Big, big churches organizing kids camp, organizing youth. I'm not saying those things are bad, but what I'm trying to tell you is that this is the people that think that they can actually engraft another branch, a wild olive branch into God's tree and make them last. This is how they do it. 
they take this brunch, whatever, I don't know how they will try to do it, but they organize youth programs, marriage programs, health programs, bringing in unbelievers or even music concerts, bringing in hum- unbelievers, doing altar call, following them up, bribing them with, with financial provisions, you know, some we even give them position in the church, music minister, ushering minister, some even pay them. And these are these people are tied down to the church by responsibilities, right? That is how Christians these days think they are beyond fit by the number of people in the church. That's not the way. That's not true. As I've said, the simplest example is that a branch cannot go and engraft another branch into the vine. Never. Bearing fruit is, we have seen it so many times in this Bible study, Psalms 1 verse 3. When you are planted by the rivers of water, you bear fruit in your season. And this fruit is the fountain of water that flows out of your belly, activated by the Holy Spirit. And this fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Nine fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to read all the parts of that fruit of the Spirit. So bearing fruit is not converting other people. Fruit that will last is constantly being close to the source, the Word of God, being close to the river of life, the water of life, constantly drinking. Because the only way that fruit can keep being produced is when you are close to the source, right? You keep bearing fruit. Lasting fruit. Let's read the fruit right now. And I pray that God will continue to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to read where it says, talks about the fruit, which is Galatians 5. It says, let me let me share my screen. And if you want to watch this um episode, please download the Podroom app and look for Women Prayer Group video podcast. In fact, I think we are on the first page. We have both a video and an audio podcast in the app. We are on the first page. Our video podcast is on the first landing homepage. When you scroll down, you see Women Prayer Group video podcast. You can also listen and watch the video podcast on YouTube. So by God's grace, um, Galatians 5 verse 22. Let me share my screen. I don't think I shared my screen before. It says that, 22 says that, but the fruit of the spirit is love. You see that it says fruit is one fruit. And one kind of fruit has all this, all these parts. It is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So, out of your belly should flow out love. Jesus has told us how to love. Do not just love the people, the light around you, the Christians. Also love the darkness. Don't love their deeds, but show them love. Don't love their lifestyle. Show them love. 
let love from you come out to help them, come out to care for them. In any way, you're led by the Holy Spirit to care for them. Joy. You should be busted out with joy as a Christian. If you are depressed, you need to bury yourself in deeply into the vine so that you can bear fruit of joy. You need to read God's word. Read God's word. If you, that is, if you are a Christian, if you are a born again Christian, if you are depressed and you are not a born again, if you are depressed and you are not a born again Christian, the first step is to be born again. If you are born again and you are depressed, you need to bury yourself in the Word of God so that you can bear fruit. So, any Christian that is depressed is not bearing fruit because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Peace. You should not be anxious for anything. Clothes, shoes, house, shelter, food. Don't be anxious. Have faith in God. Long-suffering. Long-suffering is like endurance. You should be able to endure hardship. Endure some situation. Endure. But let us check it out. Um, Check long-suffering out again. Let's see. Uh, what does long-suffering mean? So long-suffering means having or showing patience in spite of troubles, especially those caused by other people. Oh, my God. Okay, so the thing is, God, help me to be long-suffering. Okay, there are situations where people, even in your house, will get on your nerves. So if you want to show, like, if you want to, if you want to evaluate yourself as a Christian bearing fruit, right? You need to be long suffering. I need to be long suffering. I pray God will keep helping me to be long suffering. I am growing. Even last week, I was, someone was asking me a question <laughs> why didn't I used to be the way I used to be? And I was like, do you want me to live the way I used to be? I don't get it. Like, you're surprised that I have changed and I am more long-suffering, right? And then you're asking me why I'm not, like, impatient. <laughs> I'm like, do you want me to switch back to being impatient, right? So, it's crazy. So, I'm like, God, is this a temptation to, for me to return to my old impatient self? Because someone is asking me, I'm surprised that you are, you're patient with us. I'm like, why? I was almost like annoyed that the person said that, but I was like, this is a temptation. Just Jesus help me. Jesus help me. <laughs> All right. Go help us. So even when I even try my best to be long suffering, people getting on my nerves were surprised that I have long suffering with them. Hey, I am suffering long. I'm forbearing with them. That's weird. <laughs> Many kind of ways to just make you snap and sin against God, but God will give us victory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, gentleness. Let us Google what gentleness really means because all these English words, they just sometimes get looking similar. When you're gentle, you're kind. Let me see. 
So gentleness is kindness. Wow. God wants us to be kind. God help us to be kind. Kinder. I think I'm kind, but help us to be kinder. Are you kind to people? Do you show mercy and not judgment? So show mercy. Like Jesus. It's not merit, merit, merit all the time. I'm talking to myself, like you say, I don't like this person. This person doesn't deserve it. It's not only about merit. Let us show mercy. Show mercy like God showed mercy to us. We do not deserve to be engrafted into that tree. We do not deserve it. Because, okay, even if we say, even if we said that Adam caused us to be in this state, we still make such wrong choices. When given the opportunity every day, we make wrong choices. So we don't deserve to be saved, but God had compassion on us. So be compassionate. And when, when God is telling us this through the Spirit, for Christians that are born again, we have the ability to do that. And as we read God's word, we have more ability. We just have to we are, take advantage and use it. You get, use this ability. That's why God is telling you what it is. So God is telling you, you have the ability to, you have to bear fruit because you are planted in the vine. Every branch has equal chance to bear fruit. It depends on what you want to use it for, right? Do you want to read more of God's word so that the Holy Spirit will activate all this fruit and then begin to bust out with them or not? It depends on what you use God's word for. <clears throat> be kind, be good. Goodness is, looks straightforward. Have faith in God. Believe in God's word. You have the ability to have faith. You either take it or be worried about your prayers that you already prayed. Have faith in God. So you have a choice. You got to choose to have faith in God. Meekness. Meekness is humility. Be humble. You have the ability to be humble. So take advantage of that ability and remove pride from your way. Pray against pride and be humble. So meekness is just similar to patience. Um, forbearance and humility. So, like, since Bible has already mentioned patience, long suffering, and gentleness, it goes around more to humility, obedience. That's meekness. I pray God will help us to be all these things. And temperance, temperance doesn't is not similar to long suffering. So you see that it's one fruit, right? So when you eat orange, right, the Juice tastes like the skin, and uh, not it's not outer skin, the the fiber, right? The juice tastes similar to the fiber. So the fruit of the spirit, like um, <clears throat> long suffering, it's, it's it's like temperance, right? Oh, temperance is abstinence, abstinence from <clears throat> temperate in all things, abstinence from a lot of stuff. Prohibition abstinence. Abstinence. Why did they not define it? They just give me a similarity. Moderation. Okay. Moderation in action, restraint, habitual moderation in indulgence of appetizes or passion. Moderation in abstinence, use of alcoholic drink. So, yes, there are many things that God has given us freedom to do. But by the direction of the Holy Spirit, you will be moderate in everything. For example, in 
moderate in everything, in everything that God has Use it moderately. Don't be extravagant, right? So there's no sin in in taking care of yourself, but don't be extravagant. Be moderate in everything, in everything, every action you do, your desires, be moderate in all these things. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Temperance, abstinence, and also the right the right time. Do everything. There's a time for everything, right? I'm seeing temperance and abstinence as abstinence before marriage from sex. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's move forward. Um, we've seen all the nine fruit of the spirit. Now let's move forward to um the next thing. So also during the week I came across this word. I think it was the Bible verse, the verse of the day from New Version. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And it's second Corinthians 4, verse 16. And that was what we talked about, talked about last during the last meeting. It is <clears throat> we talked about God's anti-aging program. It's not a physical anti-aging, just like Second Corinthians 4, verse 16 says. You can please open your Bibles and open to Second Corinthians 4, 16. It says that, therefore, we do not lose that. Though outwardly, we are growing older. We are growing older, our teeth swelling off, and we don't look like 100%. But inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Right? Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Our soul is, is has already signed on to the anti-aging program. The soul anti-aging program is God, right? And even though our physical flesh is being getting worn out, especially for people who are sick, or getting worn out or old, their uh, inward being is being renewed by the word of God. We are growing stronger in our, our souls are growing stronger in Christ and when he comes we'll be found in his kingdom in his presence and we are growing stronger and we are, our souls are not aging because we will live forever with God we already have that eternal life now our souls already have that eternal life that we and that is knowing God and Jesus so when we know God that is that is our security to spend eternity with him. <clears throat> and next thing, I, I pray that God will keep revealing that to you in a better way. Next thing I want to talk about is accept your righteousness, exceed that of the Pharisees. I also came about this during my during the week when I was reading God's word. It says that you have to work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. So faith is not enough, right? We've read it in past Bible studies. You still have to add works. You have to work out your salvation. You have to pump out your salvation. Just work out, right? So just see work out, like pump out, like work out, like add works to it. Touch up, work up again. Add work to your salvation. And this work is the fruit of the Spirit busting out of you. Love everyone. 
that's the word. You cannot say, I have faith. The example that um, I think James gave, he says that someone will come to you and ask for food and you say, I have faith that God will make food appear to you in, in, in front of your doorstep um, tomorrow morning when you have food in the house, right? So faith is not enough for um to be saved or faith is not enough to be saved. Believing God for somebody else is not enough to be saved. You have to walk out your salvation. And walking out your salvation simply means bearing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Love them, be kind to them, give them as, as the Holy Spirit leads you. Okay, so the recap of all the things we gained throughout last week has taken about 38 or 30 plus minutes of our time. But let's try our best to go into the study for today. And that is Daniel chapter 11. And last week we saw how Daniel was, was had been praying for 21 days and a messenger from heaven came and told him that First, your prayer has been answered from the first day you started praying. A word was sent forth to you, and the understanding was also sent forth to you. And but this prince of pressure, the prince of the kingdom you are in, the prince of the air, has held me down for 21 days until Michael, your angel, came to help me out. And now Michael is holding him down while I'm here with you. I have come to deliver to you the word, which is God loves you very much. Oh my God. <sighs> That's so cool. And so God sent the messenger to tell Daniel that he loves him very much. He had to say it twice so that Daniel would be like, would not forget that part because that is important. And then um, he also told him a revelation which he started talking about in Daniel 11. So he has given the, Daniel the first part of the message that God loves you very much. The second part of the message is understanding on what would happen. And it's interesting because, ah, God, help me. This is the, a little more detailed picture of the same dream. Daniel 7, Daniel saw, the God revealed to Daniel, four beasts. In Daniel 8, God revealed to Daniel a ram with two horns, that is the kings or kingdoms of the men's and the patients. He also saw a goat, a he-goat, with one horn, that is Grecia, Greece. Running and running and running with cola, that hunger, and he did not touch the ground. He was just running on the air, and he came to destroy this rock, right? And then he won the battle. So Greece, the kingdom of Greece, defeated Medians and Persians. So that's kind of straightforward, right? We don't need historians at this point to tell us what's happened. What happened like in that dream because God's word was just so very plain. And it happened that after Babylon, media and the medians ruled and the patients ruled 
Darius was a Median king, and uh, Cyrus was a Persian king. And then we already know that after this, the he goat, which is Greece, is going to come and take over the, the, the rulership of the world and be the world power. And so, um, however, the horn, Grisha, was broken off, right? And four horns grew in its place. Now, four horns, the four wings of the world, like this. The four wings of the world. Now, one to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. Good. So, four hunts grew in the place of the Rishia on. And these are four kingdoms that shall exist. Now, that's Daniel 8. Now, Daniel 7 talked about four beasts. Those four beasts are those four horns. So, Daniel 7 talked about four beasts. Daniel 8 Came to add a story to the four beast story. In front of the four beast story, we have the goat and the ram. Then the horn was broken from the goat, and four horns came. And that vision is the same as Daniel seven. So the vision of the four beasts, um, the vision of four beasts is the same as the four horns that extend to the four winds of heaven. In Daniel nine. It then talked about another summary of the same kind of dream. But this time, it started from right where Daniel was, right? So the first dream was four beasts. The second dream, he added Media, Persia, and Greece. That's where Daniel was. So the dream of the four beasts. Daniel and I now talked about the timing of everything. He gave us timelines, just, just giving us different kind of timelines in Daniel 9. And more activities about the horn at the west. So Daniel 9 tells us that from the time of captivity to the time of the Messiah shall be 70 sevens. So we saw that it's 419 years. We saw those timing. He told us when the, the timing of the uh, little horn is going to plan to rule for seven years, but kind of going to rule for 6.3 years. Daniel 9 is about the timing, the duration of all when all those things will happen. The same dream, the same, it's just the same. Daniel 10 talks about two things. A word came, I love you, Daniel. Also, the dream came, but the dream will be, will be talked about in Daniel 11. And now we're going to this dream, this huge dream that the Prince of Persia was preventing the messenger from bringing to Daniel. So let's 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 keep going. Let's read. I pray that God will help us today. And it might go into another video, another episode, but let's just let's I know that God will help us. And I want us to listen very carefully because um just listen is interesting. God is gonna help us, right? We're not gonna depend on history books History books can keep their books for now. We want to depend on the Holy Spirit to interpret this English language to us. And where would we would like to consult history, yes, or let's be led by the Spirit to do so. I'm going to share my screen right now. 
and we're going to see it. So this is the vision about the four beasts that would rise up. Now, they, they, they rose up towards the four corners of the world. That's the north, south, east, and west. Now, most of this dream is about the activities of the north and south kings. I don't know why the eastern kings were not so powerful, you know? It's just... And that's where Africa is. It's not funny, but it will help us. Anyway, the Eastern King is quiet. The Northern King is powerful. The Southern King is powerful. The West, let's just leave that part because that is where the little one is coming from. And let's just leave that part. So, also in the first year of Dyrus, the Med. So, Daniel's Daniel 8 dream already started coming to pass. The goat, one of the goat's horns, <laughs> rose up. I mean, the, the ram's horn, I'm sorry. One of the ram's horn rose up, which is Midian, took over Babylon. And so the first year of Darius the Med, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. That is the messenger still talking. So let us go and read. Daniel 10, the end of the verse, it says, Daniel keeps, and the messenger keeps talking, it says that in Daniel 10, 20, then he said, do you know why I, I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one opposed me against this except Michael, your prince. So the messenger keeps talking and says that also in Daniel 11 verse 1, in the first year of Darius the Med, I even I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia. So very plain English. The messenger was speaking in plain English to Daniel. Three more kings will arise. After the Median's rule, three more kings will arise in Persian. The fourth shall be richer than them all. By his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all the realms of Greece. So now, Persians is trying to disturb Greece, which is the goat in Daniel 8. So, <clears throat> then a mighty king shall arise who will rule with great dominion and do according to his will and when he has a reason his kingdom shall be broken up and divided towards the four winds of heaven you see that you see that mighty king the horn of the goat it's the dream the vision is one a mighty king shall arise he shall do according to his will the king of grisha did according to his will i'm sure the historians would agree with me because I'm talking about the word of God. And even though I have not read when it happened, but since it's the word of God, it happened. And you can go check it out <clears throat> that it happened. So the mighty king shall arise, who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided towards the four winds of heaven. 
So that king of Grisha, that power he had, that world power, was now divided into four kingdoms. So not one kingdom was ruling the whole world right now, just like Babylon or Mid or Grisha. But now four different kingdoms in the four winds of heaven were now ruling the world. They were now the four world powers. Similar to the way UK is powerful and US is powerful and Russia is powerful and China is powerful. You see that? So these are four. I'm not saying that these are the exact mapping of this. I'm just telling you how four kingdoms can rule at the same time and be powerful at the same time. So when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken up and divided into the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity. So it's not a Grecian kingdom thing. No, it's a world, four world powers, not originating from Greece or having anything to do with Greece or from the descendants of Greece or Greek or the Grecian king's four children. No, this kingdom is going to take over the horn, the, the little, the horn of the goat. It's the one big one of the goat, and then to become four towards the four winds of heaven, not among his posterity, but according to his dominion, which he ruled. That's the same thing. It's not about his his succession. It's a different kind of king, um, a kind of rulership. For his kingdom shall be uprooted. So the kingdom of Greece shall be uprooted, become nothing, dead, even for others besides this. Now. Let's see these four kingdoms and their activities. So God was telling Daniel these four kingdoms and their activities. So the Bible is a treasure. But guess what? The devil has blinded the eyes of a lot of people from seeing the treasure in the Bible. He's telling you what's going to happen after Greece ruled, you know? And these are things that, that has happened before our eyes. So it says that also the king of the south shall become strong. The king of the south, so the, the horn that is here, the horn of that goat that is here, therefore, and the one that is towards the south, shall become strong. So that's the first king that became strong, right? As well as one of his princes, and he shall gain power over him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. And at the end of some years, they shall join forces. For the king, for the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement. So these are prophecies of what will happen between the kingdom of north and kingdom of south. But she shall not retain the power of our authority. That the daughter of the king of the south shall not retain the power of our authority. And neither he nor his authority shall stand. But she shall be given up. With those who brought her to, to make the alliance with the king of the north. They shall surrender to the king of the north. But from a branch of our roots shall one rise in his place. One rise in our father's place. Who shall come with an army and enter the fortress of the king of the north. And deal with them and prevail. This battle between the king of north and south. Trying to rule the world. You know. Trying to take over the resources of the world. The typical things that countries do right now. So. Um, that is. We are now in Daniel 11.8. And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt. With their princes. 
and their precious articles of silver and gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. The southern, the southern king defeated the northern king this time, this period of time. So these kingdoms, they, they span generations, right? The, the Bible is just telling you how the kingdom of the, 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 the horn in the north and the south, how they kept ruling because he's going somewhere at the end. We want to know what will happen at the end. So I was telling you what's going to happen, the most important things that will happen um, during those times before the end time comes. So, verse 9 says that, Also the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south. He has probably come to retaliate, but shall return to his own land. However, his sons shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces. And one shall certainly come and overwhelm and pass through. Then he shall return to his fortresses and stir up strife. Daniel 11, 11, And the king of the south shall be moved with rage and, and go out and fight with him, with the king of the north, who shall muster a great multitude, for the multitude shall be given into the hand of his enemy. Imagine that. The king of the south will still defeat the northern king. When he has taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up and he shall cast down tens of thousands. But he shall not prevail. So even though the multitude was destroyed by the king of the south, the king of the south still did not prevail. The ten said the king of the north will return and muster a multitude greater than the former. And shall certainly come at the end of some years. So all these things spanning years and years, different wars, you know, wars, wars among kings and rulers with a great army and much equipment. Says verse fourteen. Now in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south, which is the horn that is here, uh, the horn that goes towards the south. Also, violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of this vision. But they shall fall. So people are trying to fulfill the vision, right? Because they can see the vision in Daniel 11, right? I'm just wondering why people in our days do not take advantage and see what's happening, right? In the Bible and say, and try to map it out to what's happening right now so that we can know what to expect. And that is exactly what we're doing in this Bible study. We want to see where we are in history and what to expect next, right? So, um, the people of those days actually read Daniel 11 and they are trying to fulfill this, this vision, right? And it says that violent men among the Israelites shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of, the, fulfillment of this vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and build a siege mound and take a fortified city and the forces of the south shall not withstand him. Even his choice troops shall have no strength to resist. But he who comes against him shall do according to his own will, and no one shall stand against him. He shall stand in the glorious land as Israel with destruction in his power. 17. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him. Thus shall he do. And he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it, and she shall not stand with him or be for him. After this, he shall turn its face to the coastland and shall take many. 
but a ruler shall bring the reproach against them to an end. With the reproach removed, he shall turn back on him. Then he shall turn his face towards the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Honestly, the way the he's and the he's are just related with each other, the dream is coded, right? Because, okay, who is the he, right? Is it the first king of the, let me see, which king is actually doing great things here? I think it's the king of the north, right? Is it the, is it the fifth, 15th king of the north that is the first he, right? Is the king of the north, is it the 15th king of the north that would give him, would he, it says, and he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it. Who is this? Is this the 15th king of the north or the 16th king of the north? I don't care actually <laughs> about this. I care about the last guy, right? Because we have gone through all the, we must have gone through all this king of the south, king of the north period of time. I care about the Antichrist guy. Let us see when he's going to come. But let's keep reading about the kings and how they are fighting with each other. And it's quite interesting. Then he shall turn his face towards the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Verse 20 says that, there shall arise in this place one who imposes taxes. This sounds like Rome, right? So this is, it sounds like Rome. Arising in this place. And remember that when, when, when the government arises in the place of another government, it doesn't mean that they are the king of the north. It actually means they are now the next world ruler, right? Because remember how the four kings replaced the Grisha king, uh, kingdom? So the Grisha kingdom, the four kingdoms have nothing to do with Greece. They are not from Greek, Greek heritage. They are not Greek children. So, so it's possible for Rome to actually replace whichever king that was ruling at that time. So let's see. So there shall arise in this place one who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom. Israel! Oh, oh my God! Jesus paid taxes! Jesus paid taxes to the Caesar at that time! Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I've read this part before, but I didn't see this part. He says that there shall arise in this place one who imposes taxes on Israel. And the Roman Empire during Jesus' time imposed taxes on Israel. Hey, yeah. So now Jesus paid taxes to Caesar when they were trying to trick him and they asked him, Jesus, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And he was like, These guys are trying to trap me. And he was like, Bring the coin. Whose face is on the coin? And they said, Caesar's face. And he said, smart wisdom of God. Give what is for Caesar to Caesar. And give what is for God to God. Right? So give what is for Caesar to Caesar and what is for God to God. So this period in history is when Jesus was on earth. Here you have it. Even though I don't know this. This can even let you know what was happening in verses 17, 18, 19. Because when you get to 20, I know what was happening. Jesus was on earth. And the Roman Empire was ruling the world, was the world power. 
So I told you that it's not necessarily um, the king of the north, right? It just means that this person is not necessarily the king of the north. It just means that in the place of the king of the north, because the king of the north was ruling, was powerful in Daniel 11, 17, 18, and 19, but in that place of power, not necessarily in that land, but his effect all over the world, somebody came to replace him in power. Just like maybe you say U.S. is a world power or you say U.K. was a world power before. Does not mean that U.K. came to, U.S. came to take over U.K.'s land. No, but U.S. became more powerful in influencing the world. So the king of the north declined in power and influencing the world. And in his place, in the place of that power, rose up Rome, right? And that is so cool because this is when Jesus was on earth. Walking the surface of the earth, and that's awesome. Daniel eleven twenty one, and in his place shall rise a vile person. Wow, this vile person is giving me shivers. Feels like somebody sounding like a little hot. But let's see how it looks. Let's keep reading. And in his place shall stand a vile person, to whom they will not give the honor of royalty but he shall come in peaceably and seize the kingdom in intrigue. So with the force of a flood, they shall be swept away before him and be broken. And also the prince of the covenant. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully. For he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. He shall enter peaceably even into the richest places of the province. And he shall do what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. For he shall disperse among them the plunder, spoil and riches. And he shall devise his plans against the strongholds but only for a time. So this is no longer the king of the north, as we have seen. The, the next world power, the king of the north is why it's right now. It's probably a weak king ruling, not having international power, right? But this person has taken over the place of the king of the north. And it's, it's first started with a raise of taxes, which is Rome. And now it has gone into um, the world power is now in the hands of this vile man. <laughs> this vile man. And I think I was using Old King James Version when I was reading this. And in Old King James Version, let me just open it in another place. No, there's no need to be confused. It's going to, everybody's going to know and understand these things. And even after this Bible study, you yourself can go and study it by yourself, re rewind, fast forward, whatever you want to do, just to understand. So this is King James Version. This is what I was using, not the okay, not the new King James Version. I used the old the normal King James Version when I was reading. And I'm I'm in 21. I want to talk more about this vile person. Because this is interesting. And I'm happy how, how, about how fast this 
thing is going. I thought it was gonna go longer than, but we're already in twenty one, so that's cool. So um, let me start with from verse one. Um, I want to read my notes from this one. We understand everything that's been happening. This one, so we know about three kings in Persia. I know the first thing by reading Daniel. That's Cyrus is the king in Persia. And he said, three more kings will arise. So after Cyrus, right, three more kings will arise. Check, <laughs> right? Um, that is Daniel chapter, chapter, chapter 11, verse 2. We can go back and read. I want to read my notes before we get to this vile man part in chapter, in verse 22. So the king of Persia shall stir up the, all the realm against Grisha. As I've said, the, the ram would look for trouble of the horn um, of the goats. And the goat with one horn would destroy him. So the mighty king will stand up. So what from my note? I said Daniel 8, verse 5 to 7. Um, Daniel 8, verse 5 to 7 talks about this. So I want to prove to you, of which I believe you believe this Bible study and you believe in what we have been studying all this while. So um, Daniel 8 verse 5 to 7 is the dream of the goat and the horn. It's the same dream as this Daniel 11. In fact, it's the interpretation of Daniel 11. That means Daniel had been praying for the interpretation of this thing. And then God showed him understanding. Yes, I was wondering why Daniel 11 was so plain, like in plain English. And now that is why the messenger called it daniel i have come to bring you a word and the understanding of what you saw in daniel 8 so the word is i love you very much and the understanding is this 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 things that we are reading in daniel 11 so daniel this is the understanding of daniel 8 so daniel 8 verse 5 to 7 says that and as I was considering, behold, and he goes. Obviously, when you hear he goes, you'll be like, what is happening? But Daniel 11 spells it out. The king of, of Greece shall defeat the king of Persia. The he goes came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. The he goes had notable horn between his eyes. That's Greek, Greece. And then he came to the realm that had two horns, Media, Asia, and then which I had seen standing before the river, and I ran unto him in the fury of his power, and I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with anger. That's Krola. I like that word. <laughs> it was moved with anger against him and smote the ram. So and break his two horns. So the, the Greek kingdom will break the Median Persian kingdom, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground. And stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. And the kingdom of Greece, as we know from Daniel 11, that is the he goat, waxed exceedingly great. And when he was strong, his great horn was broken, and for it came up, and for it came up four notable horns towards the four winds of heaven. And that's what we saw in Daniel chapter 11, verse 4. So Daniel 11, 4 tells us that and when he was arisen his kingdom was broken and divided to the four winds of heaven so those are the four horns that have come up 
and but it's not relating to Greece, right? See, the Bible is one. You guys, I don't believe the Bible. I don't know what to do to you guys. I don't even know where to start from. This world, God has already given us a way out of this destructive world. But because of the devil and all his, all his traps, his traps, his, his wilds, there's luxury, there's cares of this world, there's school, there's education, there's work, there's all these kind of things that might just distract you from knowing more about God, from loving on God and hearing from God. Don't be don't fall into the trap of the enemy. Keep reading God's word. Keep doing his will. Keep bearing fruit. When you see that you're not bearing the fruit of the spirit, go back and read it and ask God for help to bear fruit because that's our way out of this deadly world. If you always like if you're a Christian and you think and because you have not been soaking yourself in the word of God, you think that God doesn't exist. You have to soak yourself in the word of God. When um when you think that way, it means that you are either being broken off or you are not getting enough supply from the from the the, the root of the tree. And so you don't even know if the tree is existing or not. You're not getting nutrients from the tree. That's why some Christians, they're like, is all these things I'm doing, is this real or not? You know, that is because you have been distracted by church activities. You know, the people that even say that the most ministers that have been overwhelmed by church activities, overwhelmed by workers in church, they are working like millions, just trying to make everything work perfectly trying to register the newcomers, trying to do these activities here, trying to do ushering. Trying, all these things are distracting you from soaking yourself in the word of God. Do all these things sparingly. Do all these things in... Do all these things. Just a little bit of all these things. Yes, I like people to come together to praise God. But can it not prevent us from having unique true fellowship with God? Can it not distract us? How can we do that and not let it be a distraction to real fellowship with God? If you can achieve that, kudos to you. But as seen, one is thriving at the expense of another one. Your church is becoming more beautiful. More people are coming. Workers are signing up. Somebody is welcoming the people at the gate, not listening to the word of God, not sitting down in the congregation. Another person is the one... um. Um, in the children department trying to teach the children not refreshing herself or himself with the word of God teaching from a manual no fresh revelation reading commentaries no fresh revelation all these things you are sacrificing um, you are sacrificing your work with God and replacing it with religion if you can achieve both that's awesome that's great that's great but it's, it's rare to actually achieve a walk with God, a unique walk with God. And religion is hard. It's hard to do both. So the Bible is real. The vision in Daniel 8 was interpreted in Daniel 11. And now I can understand it because of that. And so um, if you read Daniel 8 verse 8, you see that four notable ones 
came out and if you read Daniel 11 verse 4, it says that the kingdom of Grisha was divided towards the four winds of heaven, but it's not related to Greece. So the four kingdoms, is not like the first kingdom was Grisha's firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, fourthborn. No, these four kingdoms are totally different from Grisha. And so his horn, which is Grisha, was broken down. And then, yeah, I said all those things. Now, during the episode, the episode we talked about this is episodes 44 and 45 of this podcast, of this Bible study. So now, verse 5 says that the messenger revealed the activities of the king of the north and the king of the south um, in all those places. So now, the king of the south carried captives. That's what I noted in this place. And Daniel 11, 8. King of the south carried their gods captive to Egypt. That's the east, right? The king of the east kind of weak, not really strong like that. So, uh, the king of the, um, the king of the what? King of the south. King of the South is kind of strong in verses 7 and 8. He carried captives to Egypt. That's the Eastern Kingdom, Africa. And then I said here that the kingdom, the kingdom of the East is not as powerful as the Kingdom of the North and South Africa. Well, so that's how God made it. That's how God allowed it. Honestly, you cannot say confidently that God made all these things to happen. He allowed all these things to happen. Because the original plan of God for our lives was to be in Eden, fellowshiping with God every day, enjoying God. If only Adam and Eve had overcome that first temptation. <laughs> anyway, God allowed it that way, that the kid. The kingdom of the east is not that powerful. Verse 8, the king of the south continued to be more powerful longer for a longer time than the king of the north. Now, this is not one king, right? Kings were dying, rising, dying, rising. It's just the kingdom. The kingdoms were more powerful than the northern kingdoms. Then verse 9 says that he returned to his kingdom from Egypt. Verse 10, the king of the south sons raised up multitudes. The king of the south to be angry, fighting against the north again. So as I've explained, this are uh, just talk of war between um, the king of the north and south. And note, as I said, I just said it now. These are different generations of kings of the north and king of the south. It's not just one king of the north or one king of the south the entire time. No. Kingdoms were rising and coming. Different generations of kings were coming. The Bible is just summarizing the power, the extent of their power in each generation. And verse 14, reading verse 14 in my notes, says that many people shall stand up against the south, even the robbers of Israel, but they shall fall. So verse 14, it says that um, now... Violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of this vision. This is King James Version. I need King James Version. This is New King James. 
I studied New King James. I studied King James version verse fourteen. It says that. I mean, I studied the old King James version, aka also known as the King James version. There's another new King James version. I want to avoid that for now. So the old King James version, Daniel eleven chapter fourteen. And in those times, there shall many stand up against the king of south. Also, the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, for they shall fall. The robbers of thy people. So, I don't know who are the robbers of Israel. It sounds like, in my note, I wrote, will Babylon try again to exalt themselves? I don't know. These are the people that stole Israel away in exile. But God will just keep giving us wisdom, of which it has already happened. So we can go and check the history and see who are the people that try to exalt themselves against the, the king of the south in those days. The people relating to Israel, we can go check it out. I don't care about this part, sorry. <laughs> So the king shall of the north shall come and cast up a mount and take the most fenced cities. So this is the point where the king of the north shall defeat the king of the south. Um, and 16. Um, here it says that. But he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will. So anyone who planned to stand against the king of the north ended up obeying him in verse 16. So, yeah, this was where I got excited because, so he says that he shall also set his face to enter with strength, the strength of the, his whole kingdom and the upright ones with him. See that? Thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of daughter of women corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither before him. I don't understand this part, but God will keep giving us understanding. After this shall he turn his face unto the isles, and shall take many. But a prince of his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered against him to cease, Without his own reproach, he shall cause it to turn upon him. So someone shall slow down the king of the north because he's doing too much disgraceful stuff, doing too much reproachful stuff. So someone shall stop him. A prince for his own behalf will stop him. So 19, then he shall turn his face towards his land, but he shall stumble and not be found. So that's how this King of the North will die. That's one of one of the kings of the North. Maybe the 20th king of the North. I don't know. But this is how this guy will end. So historians will have mapped these um, kings. And verse 20 is where we are going. Then shall stand up in his estate a racer of taxes. You see that? So now it says that, but in, in Daniel 11, 19, it says, but he shall stumble and fall and shall not be found this could also signify that the kingdom of king of the north the kingdom of the north shall not be found because somebody is standing up to be the world power the next world power is the roman government who 
was a razor of taxes, even for Israel. You know, Matthew was a tax collector. So you know that the Bible was just awesome. Just putting all these small, small hints to tell you where we are in Daniel 11's history. So, but within a few days, Rome too shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And is in, a, in his estate shall stand up a vile person. So this is Jesus' time, the period of Jesus. That is verse 20. Now verse 21, a vile person will stand up. That is probably towards, maybe after Jesus' time, will stand up. To whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. I read this um, part and... When I was younger, my daddy um, used to talk about a lot of um, historical stuff around the Bible. And he always attributed this vile person to Nero Caesar. And from, I didn't used to think about it. I didn't like studying the end time things because it, it used to be so confusing. But now God has blessed me with this revelation. The truth is that I tried studying this Daniel three years ago or two, three years ago, and I did not understand a single thing. So it's not because I grew older that I got to understand this, but God has chosen that I would have this understanding at this time, that I would have this power, this anointing to be able to read these verses and come up with consistent and powerful interpretation. I never knew before this year that the visions in Daniel 7, 8, 9, 10 is the same. I never knew that they were just patches of the same the same events. I never knew. So this time God has destined that I would have this understanding. So I am grateful to God. So I revisited what my daddy used to talk about. Like, what does he talk about? He got this revelation from God in his own time. And directly from God, not from history books, not from anything. In fact, his own denomination, he is a pastor, and his denomination teaches opposites of the truth about the end time. They teach that the timeline of Jesus' return would be like this. Christians are in the church, worshiping God and praising God, and suddenly, the people start disappearing. Boop, boop, boop. People start just disappearing, and they call it a rapture. And then afterwards, the Antichrist comes and starts, they call it Antichrist, and start killing unbelievers that are antichrist. So how can antichrist kill antichrist, right? How can antichrist come and then kill sinners and kill people that did not get raptured? It doesn't even make any sense, right? Antichrist will come and persecute who? The sinners? Nope. So it was just like, where did you get that interpretation from? Where did you get that? It's definitely not from Daniel. It's not. It's false teaching, false teaching, just terrible false teaching. And that is the popular teaching today. Anyway, by the revelation from God, not from any commentary, 
he was able to map this period to Nero Caesar's period. And when, without talking to him, because I didn't want to call him, because he would have a lot of things to say about this, I decided to, by the power and inspiration of God, to Google what is the origin of Nero Caesar. And this is what I found out. I'll read it to us right now. So I found out that, oh, first of all, let me read why I think that this person might be narcissist. So let, let, let me read it. So Daniel 11, Bass 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they did not, they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. So, um, let me read, um, another version so that we can know I want to read that um, Daniel eleven twenty one in all versions. So we want to know other interpretations of the, is it a Hebrew, Hebrew or Aramic translation in other versions. So Daniel eleven twenty one. So let's read, let's start with reading Living Bible. Daniel eleven twenty one in Living Bible. It says that, Next to come to power. You know, it would be nice to actually use all these versions. They're so easier than King James Version, but I want to stick with King James for now. But this is Living Bible, Daniel eleven twenty one. Next to come to power, as we've been saying, is world power. Next to come to world power will be an evil man, not directly in line for royal succession. Bam! So this man... It's not directly in line for royal succession. It's not the descendant, direct descendant of Caesar, right? He is not royal. He's not from the king lineage. He's not a king anywhere. <laughs> He's not a king, maybe, okay, maybe king of the East. No, he's not even a king anywhere. He's not in line for any royal succession, but... During a crisis, he will take over the kingdom by flattery. What is flattery? Let us um, check out what flattery means. So flattery means that excessive and insincere praises. So a nobody just keeps praising somebody and lobbying in his way to become what? become the world power. How can you even lobby your way? Obviously, he's an evil man. So with excessive flattery, compliments, adulation, praise, admiration, excessive, insincere praises, he, he what? He comes to power, world power, world. So he will take the kingdom by flattery and intrigue 
then all oppositions will be swept away before him, including a leader of the priests. A leader of the priests. A leader of the priests. Does that sound familiar to you? Nero Caesar killed Paul, and this is kind of after Jesus' time, right? So Nero Caesar killed Paul. Even Paul was killed by Narcissus. This is the revelation that I'm, I'm getting in my spirit about this verse, but God will keep making it clearer to us. So even the leader of the priests, that's the leader of God's people, was killed by this man. So let me read why I think it's Narcissus. His history, let, let me read it right now. Nero Claudius Caesar. This is Wikipedia. He has a Wikipedia page. Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, born Lucius Domitius Ahenobarbus. He was born 15th December after the death of Jesus. 15th December AD 37, 37 years after the death of Jesus. And he lived to AD 68, June 9th. And he was the fifth Roman emperor and final emperor of the Julio-Claudian dynasty, reigning from AD 54 until his death in AD 68. He was adopted by the Roman emperor Claudius at the age of 13 and succeeded him on the throne. He was what? Adopted. Okay, you know what we're gonna do now? I don't want I, I don't want to like stress you out to go with Wikipedia. So maybe I should read Wikipedia page for the of this map. Um this is Wikipedia page and I'm, that's what I'm reading from Father Nerosis Augusto Germanicus. I read it 15th AD and then and if you are listening to the audio just Google Nero Caesar and you click on the Wikipedia page and you see him. So he was adopted by the Roman Emperor at the age of 13. And guess what? This guy, based on Bible information, he he's, he flatters people like hey emperor, like flattering, flattering the Roman Emperor at the age of 13. The demon spirit, the evil, evil spirit was already living in him, like having plans for him. And he got the kingdom by flattery. By flattery, he was adopted at the age of 13. And guess what? An adopted child succeeded um, um, the Roman emperor on the throne. He was not in line for royal succession. My people, this guy, the same person that killed the priest of the covenant, um, um, King James Russian says, a, 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 a priest of the covenant was killed by this guy and Paul was killed by this guy guy people of God that is where that history lied Daniel 11 21 is talking about this part and then so he was this that that and then the most part of what I want us to um talk about is the adoption part the fact that he was adopted, meaning that he was not in line in any royal line for for royal succession. Um, yeah, so that is it. So that is like the main part of 
what we want to get from here. So if you read down the Wikipedia page, it shows um, how Nero killed Peter and Paul. And I can share it to, I can share my screen again about that. That is what we've, we, we are just seeing right now from God's Spirit. And then it says that the first to suggest that Nero ordered execution was a letter by Clement to the current dated around AD 96. And if you read down, it says Peter was crucified upside down during Nero's reign. Um, and then in a number of writers was, they said, yeah, yeah, but not by Nero, but a number of writers were stating that Nero killed Peter and Paul. So you see that he killed a priest, he killed a priest of, a prince of the covenant, one of the priests of God, God. All these things are, and the Bible, the Bible is the best history book that you can ever have. So um, we have laid the foundation for um, this. I think we're going to stop here. It's so interesting. I would like to keep going, but I pray that God will help us next week. We can keep going. We have laid the foundation, and we're going to continue from there next week where on next two weeks but you can go ahead and read it yourself and jot down the revelation prayerfully read it jot down the revelation and that god gives you and when you do um see that will help you grow in god grow in the fact that god is giving you these revelations and whenever god permits you to go and google stuff then go but the truth is that do not depend on commentaries or other people's revelation or interpretation of God's word that is in English, right? So they've helped you to interpret it from Greek to English. Now, for it to become life, it takes the Holy Spirit in you to make it become life. So depend on God. Kneel down, say, God, as I read your word, open my eyes to understand the secrets in your word. And it comes to a person living a holy life. It comes to a person staying in the abiding in the word of God, abiding in God. That is the only way that you can understand the word of God. The word can become life unto you when you are doing God's will, when you are in God's will. So we have we stopped this week at Daniel eleven twenty one. We know a vile person. He, he came and he destroyed um he destroyed one of the covenant princes. He destroyed Paul. And so we'll read all the things that he would do next. And we'll understand it better next week. Let's pray. Everlasting Father, we thank you for a successful Bible study. It was really a long one. But we know that you are with us. And you continue to help us. It's very interesting. Very cool. We're almost at Daniel 12, the end of the vision. We understood everything you have told us, Lord. Thank you. We love you for everything you are doing. Did our glorify. Thank you for the understanding for the taxes part. I did not know that before this Bible study. For you have shown us that that is when that was the time of Jesus. Jesus' time on earth. Oh God, thank you for all this perfectness in your word. Jesus, thank you. We ask that you be with us all through the week. Help us to overcome all the wiles of the enemy. 
that will tempt us, that want to break us off from the vine. All the wiles of the enemy help us to overcome them this week. All the wiles of evil, temptation, help us to overcome covetousness, sin, loss, greed, whatever it is, oh Lord, that the devil is trying to put on our way today, oh God, immoralities, Lord. Help us to say no in Jesus' name. Give us the power to say no to sin and help us to continue to be your children, continue growing in the vine. Help us to overcome. Give us real power to say no to sin and overcome and be excited when we have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We are covered in the blood of Jesus. Protect us. Continue to protect us from the evil that that around us in Nigeria, in Africa, in the USA, in the world, oh God. Continue to protect us and cover with the blood of Jesus. Receive the glory. We love you, Jesus. We know you love us and we love you. We want to say we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So thank you for tuning in to today's Bible study. I enjoyed myself. And till the next two weeks, stay blessed. Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode.